And welcome to episode 53 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. We're breaking down last night's Thursday night football game between the Patriots and the Giants. Are the Patriots overrated? And as father of time, cotton up to Tom Brady. And then we're talking baseball. Last night, the Astros punched their ticket to the ALCS and a showdown with the Yankees. Will the Yankees and Astros determine this year's World Series winner? And how much is Garrett Cole worth in the offseason? And then we're talking hoops. You got preseason, NBA in full swing. Kawhi Leonard makes his first buckets as a clipper. All that much more here on episode 53 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the pod wherever you get your podcasts these days. And then head over to YouTube and watch all the clips right over there on YouTube. Give me your takes right down below in the comment section. But we've got tons to get into, so let's get right into it. Are you ready? And we're going to start with the New England Patriots. You beat the Giants last night 35-14 to to improve to 6-0 on the year. But this offense looks pedestrian at the moment. This Patriot offense, not very dynamic. Tom Brady, an interception in his third consecutive game. He had a strip sack. And this offense does not have the playmakers around Tom Brady right now to blow teams out. Their defense is definitely best in the league caliber. Their defense is sensational, led by Stephon Gilmore. But this offense and this offensive line and these playmakers definitely have some issues. Now, got to give credit to Tom Brady. He moves into second all-time in passing. He completed his first pass of the game for 19 yards to Sony PlayStation Michelle. And he now moved past Peyton Manning, second most all-time, sitting at 72,257. Only guy ahead of him is Drew Brees, who has the all-time passing record at 74,845. But Tom Brady did not seem very excited about the performance of this offense right after the game. And and just what's your assessment of where you guys are as an offense right now? Do you think it's been good enough? Uh... We'll see. We're 6-0, and so try to get to 7-0. So thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And it's clear that Tom Brady is not very happy about this Patriots offense right about now. Last night, Tom Brady, 31 for 41, 334 yards, one interception. He was sacked three times for 21 yards. His QBR last night, 42.7 for TB12, and it's clear that the Patriots right now do not have the requisite playmakers around Tom Brady for this offense to blow teams out and get this full potential. Now, maybe, maybe in 2007, they had such a potent offense, an offense they could score 40 a game, and they still didn't go undefeated. Maybe this year they do it with their defense, but with Tom Brady starting to slow down, starting to show his age a little bit, I think that they need to find a way to get some playmakers. As I'm watching the game last night, you got guys like Myers, White, Olaszewski. I mean, am I even saying his name right? I didn't know half the guys he was throwing the ball to last night. Every time so made a catch for Tom Brady in the second half, all I could think of was, Who the f*** is that guy? Who the f*** is that? You know damn well who I am. Who the f*** is that? 
We should have known when the Patriots took a flyer on a guy with more baggage than the Logan International Airport, Antonio Brown, that they had issues at the wideout spot. They don't have guys that strike fear into defenses. Guys where defenses stay up all night saying, how are we going to stop that guy? They don't have those guys. Josh Gordon has been banged up. He is that guy. But Edelman, he does great. He had 109 yards and 13 catches last night. But look, they don't have the tight end. And the tight end spot is pivotal in this Patriots offense. Tom Brady would hit Gronk for big catches his entire career. And last night, Gronkowski, he started his analyst career on Fox, and he did not exactly shut down the idea of rejoining the Patriots. You know, I've answered this question many times not before. Not for me. But not for you. <laughs> I like right. that. The original TB right here. That's right. You know, I would have to be feeling it, you know, feeling it big time to come back. I mean, it's always going to be open in my mind. I love the game of football, you know. I love playing the game. I love being around the game. I even love watching the game of football now. It makes just appreciation to watch it, just seeing the hits, seeing the glory of it. You understand the game yeah. so much yeah. more and why, yeah. why fans so love you, the game so, so much more. So tell me that. So, you know, I'll always keep it so open. I'll always question. keep it open. I'll always keep it open. I'll always keep the door open. Now, Tom Brady, he's got the TB12 method. He knows how to take care of himself. Avocado ice cream, sleeping 17 hours a day. But can his offensive line take care of him? Can the tight ends do the blocking schemes correctly? Because last night, it cost them a strip sack. Tom Brady thought the tight end had the block. He got the Tom Brady, and it forced the strip sack. And I think Tom Brady calls Gronkowski and says, hey, man, you can do you can join SmackDown. You can join WWE. You can be an analyst. You can do the Gronk Cruise. But this year, I need you back because I want to make one more run. I think that's on the table. I think Rob Gronkowski seriously considers coming back as a favorite at TB12. The defense, the way it's set up. Their defense is best in the league at every single metric you want to look at that matters. The real advanced analytic is D-O-V-A. Not sure what that stands for. No, it stands for Defensive Adjusted Value Over Average to me, I think it stands for defense, very outstanding, awesome, something like that. But the Patriots are at 55.1%, and what you need to know is that is dominating, and they have Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore is the defensive player of the year right now, just ahead of Khalil Mack, and he's really a phenomenal player, and he's leading this defense but this Patriots team, they need to find a way to develop more consistency on offense. They need to find some playmakers, some schemes. They need to get healthy. But right now, I'm worried about this Patriots offense. I'm worried about Tom Brady. He's not moving around the pocket like he once was. And the offensive line does not protect him. But hey, this Patriots team... Give them credit. They've won 16 consecutive games at home. That ties the third longest streak of all time. But the reality is we don't know how good this team is. We don't know how good this Patriots team is at the moment. If you look at the quarterbacks they faced this year, Big Ben, who was injured, Josh Rosen on the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Trevor Simeon, Luke Falk, an injured Josh Allen, Matt Barkley, Colt McCoy, Daniel Jones, and then Sam Darnold next week. They've taken advantage of a soft cupcake schedule, and we're going to find out how good this Patriots team is in the next few weeks. Game five of the ALCS, the Houston Astros, they finished off the Tampa Bay Rays last night. They beat them 6-1, to one, and they advanced the ALCS. And what's going to be the most anticipated ALCS 
championship series in quite some time. You've got two heavyweights, the New York Yankees, 103 wins against the Houston Astros, 107 wins on the year. The Astros took four of seven from the Yankees during the regular season. Last night's game, they got it done early. The Astros, they put a four spot up in the bottom of the first thanks to an Altuve single, a Bregman double, and they just got the rally going on glass now early on. Altuve, base hit right center. Springer scores. Brantley in at third. First and the batter is Alex Bregman. Breaking ball and that's lined toward right center field and that's headed for the gap and is going to the wall. Brantley scores. Altuve tearing around third. Altuve will score. Two run double for Bregman. Three nothing Astros in the first. Filled in for Gurriel. Rips a base into left field to give the Astros a four nothing lead in the bottom first inning. And then it was back to Garrett Cole. 15 strikeouts in game one, but Sogard got one off him in the top of the second. Garrett Cole. First pitch driven in the air to deep right by Sogard. Back to the wall, and there's one right back. A solo homer for Eric Sogard on the first pitch of the inning. So Sogard, he goes deep, and that was about it for this Tampa Bay team. They found a big lump of coal in their stockings. They couldn't get anything off of Garrett Cole. 107 pitches last night, only two hits, 10 strikeouts, two walks, and he was dominant. On his 101st pitch of the night, he was hitting 99. Garrett Cole is that guy. He's about to sign like a $3 billion contract in the offseason. But looking ahead to this Yankees and Astros series, I'm really liking the New York Yankees right now. Back in 2017, the Yankees took this Astros team to seven games the year they won the World Series. This year, the Astros took four of seven from the Yankees. But back in 2017, strikeouts were an issue with the Bronx Bombers. They struck out 70 times with only 11 walks back in 2017. This year, the Yankees, we know they can hit the deep ball. We know that they can hit the long ball with the best of them. 306 home runs this year for the New York Yankees. That's second most all time behind the Minnesota Twins, but they can also add other elements to their game. They're more of a dynamic offense this time around. If you look at the series against the Twins. They homered five times and they scored 23 runs with four of those being solo shots. So 23 runs, four of them being solo shots, and the other was a Didi Gregorius grand slam in game two. So 15 runs, that came without the home run ball. So they can get you with different ways. They can score by getting base hits, doubles, they hit the gaps. So they're more dynamic offense. And if you look at it, they can hit the home run, and that could be a problem for Justin Verlander. So Justin Verlander, he posted the fifth best single season whip in Major League Baseball history. His whip this year, a .803, but... He had a penchant for giving up those home runs. Gave up 36 home runs this year, more than any other season in his 15-year career. So I think that's going to be a difference. I think you're going to see guys like Aaron Judge. You know John Carlos Stan is due. Can he get some deep balls off Justin Verlander? And then there's that Yankee bullpen. So that Yankee bullpen, you got tons of shutdown relievers, lefties and righties. And we saw that this offensive lineup for the Astros, their bats went cold in Tampa Bay. So I think you're going to see that. And then in game four, to me, it's about game four. The pivotal swing game will be game four in this series. The Astros, they could throw out lefty Wade Miley 
or it could be Zach Granke on three days rest. I think they'll probably opt for Wade Miley in that situation. And then the Yankees are going to throw out J.A. Happ in that one. So game four, it's going to be in the Bronx. It's going to be at Yankee Stadium. So that's another thing that's going to be in their favor in that game four. And to me, this whole series really centers around Garrett Cole. Because Garrett Cole, in the offseason, he's a Scott Boris client. You know, to me and my guess, he's going to be $35 million for over six years, $210 million, something in that range. You know they're going to probably seek something that's more than Granke's on an annual basis. He's at $34.417 million, and then something bigger than prices in total value, which was at $217 million. So you know he loves to set records, and you know Garrett Cole has everything you need. If you look at Garrett Cole, he pitched over 200 innings this year. He's 29, and I think that the series is so important because if he's able to get past this Yankee squad, whoever wins this series to me, they're going to win the World Series. 538 gives the winner of this series a 65% chance of winning it all. And if Garrett Cole gets that World Series win, I think he signs with the Anaheim Angels. I think the Angels find a way to bring him home. He's a UCLA product. I think he goes to the Halos. I do the postgame show for the Dodgers Nation. I would love to see him in blue. I don't think that's going to happen. But if he doesn't get past the Yankees, he grew up a Yankee fan, and the Yankees could make that work out. You know the Yankees need a front-of-the-line starter, a true ace, and I think that's a factor in this series. But I like the Yankees. I think the Yankees are going to get past them. I think they're going to find a way to get some home runs off Cole, off Verlander. I don't trust Granke in the postseason. Was not sharp against the Tampa Bay Rays. So I think you're going to see the Yankees advance in, let's say, seven games. And yesterday, Kawhi Leonard, he makes his anticipated preseason debut with his new team, Kawhi Leonard. He scored seven points, tallies six assists, and only 11 minutes with the Clippers last night. And it was the way he was distributing the ball. Six assists in only 11 minutes. He looked like he gained some muscle in the offseason, and he started going off, and his bench loved it. And now he comes away with a leather larceny back the other way. <laughs> you could see right away when it left his hands, but it started on the defensive end because of his- Now, they did an interview Steve Ballmer about how he felt about Kawhi's first basket as a Clipper, but I'm pretty sure it went something like this. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. And I want a Ballmer cam. All season long, I want a camera right on Steve Ballmer. I want all of his reactions for when Kawhi Leonard goes off. At this point, they should just test cocaine for Steve Ballmer because no one has that kind of energy. And Steve Ballmer, just he's going to go off all season long. But Kawhi Leonard talked about his first game with the Clippers right after it, said he felt comfortable, said he was ready and happy to be back on the court. Oh, uh, felt good. Uh... You know, we prepared for this moment. Um, you know, it felt great just to be out there getting the rhythm. Other things I learned at practice, a little carryover today. Uh, um, you know, it was great to be out there, like I said. And the big takeaway last night was Kawhi Leonard dropping dimes. Six assists in only 11 minutes. And if he can add that dynamic, that element to his game, he can take his game to a whole nother level. He's got an arsenal that already includes elite defense, the ability to shoot threes, the ability to get to the basket. If he can start dropping dimes on the regular, we might be talking MVP for Kawhi Leonard. But here's Kawhi talking about getting others involved. Uh, it just happened naturally, you know what I mean? Uh, 
um, for the most part, I cause a lot of that attention. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to pass it to the open man. And, you know, they've been, they was knocking down the shot. Now, Kawhi Leonard already looks like he was made in a basketball factory. But if he adds that element to his game, I think that Kawhi Leonard has a legitimate shot to win the MVP. He already has the finals. He already has multiple championships. But right now, he's got a lot of guys in front of him. Giannis is the favorite at plus 300. Steph Curry's at plus 55. LeBron James is third at plus 650. Then you got Anthony Davis at plus 700. And James Harden at plus 800. And then Kawhi Leonard coming in right after all those guys. So I think that Kawhi Leonard... I think that early on, with Paul George out, he's going to carry the load, and I really trust Doc Rivers. I trust the depth of this Clippers team, and then when Paul George gets back, I really think this Clipper team could get something between 58 and 62 wins on the year. I think that Steph Curry... I think that he's going to be asked to do a little too much for this Warrior team with Klay Thompson out, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. I think they're going to split a lot. I think Kawhi Leonard right now, he's my pick to win the MVP. That's really the only thing that he hasn't gotten his claws on in his career. I think Kawhi Leonard is your MVP in the upcoming season but he says that defensively, they don't have it all together. Still thinks they have something to work on on the defensive end. Uh, we got some things to work on. You know, it's just preseason game. We're not all the way dialed into personnel and, um, you know, base, basically like who we guarding. Uh, we're going out there and. And, of course, one thing to note, that's without Paul George and without Patrick Beverly. So when those two get back, they're going to have to develop some chemistry, and I think they will. I think Mo Harkless, Montrez Harrell, I love the depth of this team defensively. With Paul George and Kawhi, you have the two best two-way players in the NBA. So it's going to be scary for opposing offenses. They're going to get after it defensively. And then Landry Shamet, he told you who he thought was the best player in the game right after the game. He said he looked like the player he is, the best player in the world. He has a presence about him when he's on the floor, and it just feels a little different, how he carries himself and how he plays. And then last night, Kawhi Leonard, he does something that he's only done once in his career, which is have six assists and zero turnovers. He did it back in 2014 when he was still on the Spurs. So if he can get it done as a distributor, it makes him that much tougher to guard because you got to watch for cutters behind him, guys get into the basket, it'll get his assist numbers up, it'll look like he's more of a complete player, which he already is, and that's why I think right now I'm going with Kawhi Leonard to win the MVP for this upcoming season. A lot of guys in front of him right now in Vegas, but Kawhi Leonard, I love the depth of this Clipper team. Doc Rivers, phenomenal head coach. This Clipper team means business, and I truly believe that Kawhi Leonard is going to win the MVP. Don't know. I think it's going to be between them, the Lakers, the Rockets, as far as who's going to come out of the West, but as far as the MVP goes, you know if a guy hasn't won it, you might have to lean towards it. So I think you're going to add that to his trophy. But the Clippers, they're going to be dangerous. Another big year for the Claw. But that is going to do it for episode 53 of the Get More Sports Podcast. As always, my name is Doug McCain. You can find me at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the pod wherever you get your podcasts these days. And definitely head over to YouTube and give me all your takes on all of today's topics right down below in the comment section. But I hope you guys have a great weekend, and I'm out.